0: It is time for Midday here on KRVN. It's 11.30. Tyler Caballi along with you. we hear from Jason Jorgensen in sports in just a moment. Bob Brogan in the business reports right after. But as we always do, let's start with our very own Susan Littlefield to get this Monday edition on October 26th of Midday started.
1: Well, thanks, Tyler. Here's what's going to happen on a midday coming from the farm team. Alex will kick everything off as she talks about the framework to help agricultural researchers in prioritizing their products. The city of Stromsburg over the weekend welcomed a new agricultural business called the Fiber Mill. We hear from some elected officials about what it means to agriculture and the community. And then Shabella Guzman wraps everything up at 117 as she talks about Annie's project. That's a midday from the farm team.
0: Thank you very much, Susan. Look forward to hearing all of that and more. Let's turn it over to sports and Jason Jorgensen in. Well, it's game week for the UNK Lopers. Also, the Huskers have one game in the books. Didn't go as well as we thought, but boy, that first drive, things look good—at least a little early.
2: <laughs> oh, ah, uh, the entire state was so happy for about a half an hour. Then uh, reality set in. Right, talent took in. Uh, Nebraska made some mistakes, and there you go. Mm-hmm. I was interesting to uh, see people's reaction to the game. Uh, some saying, "Hey, this shows you know no improvements have been made." Others seeing a few bright spots there. Probably a, a mix of both.
0: Others also uh, taking shots at the referees as well. Some yeah. of those sure, but the others, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I, I, you know, targeting really has changed college football, and I and I get the point behind it. But sometimes, you know, I always yell at my TV: <laughs> "It's football!" <laughs> you know, not that anybody ever hears. Yeah, no. no and no. then, you know, not to cry. I mean, Ohio State clearly the better team than Nebraska, uh, but. That hit Ohio State had on one of the Huskers in the second half, to me, was just as much targeting as what Nebraska had. I mean, that was a helmet-to-helmet collision. There was nothing said about that. But anyway, uh, who knows if Nebraska even plays Wisconsin this week? As depends on who you listen to. There's been some reports they've had a handful of cases pop up on the Wisconsin football team, but Coach Chris today said he's confident the game will be played.
0: Now, one of those is their quarterback yeah. that has COVID. It sounds like
2: yeah, Graham Mertz. So, but how how bad would that be if Wisconsin rolls into Lincoln and were to beat Nebraska with a bunch of second, third teamers?
0: Then you have some problems. Then uh, you have more yeah, than just <laughs> personnel problems. That, uh, that'd be a hard way to
2: sell that, but. I don't know. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle in terms of what Wisconsin's dealing with with COVID, but get with it. That's uh, that's what we're going to see throughout the entire twenty twenty campaign.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Also, high school uh, playoffs went off with a bang this past Friday, uh, past Thursday, I should say, and then regular season ending, and then actual everybody playing playoffs starts this Friday.
2: All classes will be playing on Friday, which makes for some interesting scheduling and shuffling of games for broadcasters throughout the state. Unfortunately, if we talked about last week, there's going to be some small schools that normally would be on that
0: won't this year due to the new format. All right, very good. We'll hear more about that as the week progresses. Uh, let's turn it over to Bob. Stocks seem a little mixed. Stocks are actually
3: uh, kind of down right now mm. um, in trading, deepening last week's losses. The loss follows up on last week's 5 tenths percent drop, which was the first for the index in four weeks. And worries over the resurgence of the coronavirus around the world are weighing heavily on the global stock markets with just eight days to go until the U.S. election. Details on those stories and more. 100.
0: Time for a look at regional ag weather. And the man to do the job is Paul Perkins. And, well, Paul, I see you have a, a nice interview up with the National Weather Service warning coordination meteorologist Mike Moritz. And for the winter outlook, and, well, how does this sound so far?
4: Uh, So far, basically a near-normal weather, uh, winter uh, period for December, January, February. pretty much near normal for precipitation and near normal for temperatures. We're going to see some stuff coming in out of the Northwest. Not overly snowy for the winter. If we do see more snow, it's probably going to be in the early months and then kind of taper off as the winter goes on. But, yeah, you can check it out on our podcast page at krvn.com.
0: Very good. Uh, For today and really this past weekend – We saw some good snow amounts, uh, primarily in the western portion of our listening area. We saw us a little bit here this morning and late last night, but uh, I guess everything is kind of what we predicted, huh?
4: Exactly. About one to four inches. It probably uh, came in a little bit less for northern areas or some areas right along the interstate, but uh, we did have a report of up to five inches for a two-day total in the Ord area. So that's been one of the bigger totals we've seen, but a lot of us about one to three inches and a few locations right around four inches. I know in northwest Kansas, they had quite a few locations, about four inches of snow there.
0: Now, unfortunately, not only do we get the snow, but we get these frigid temperatures as well. Yeah, record cold. If you're thinking this is cold for this time of year,
4: you are right on target. Uh, for today, we do have those temperatures still uh, across the area. On into the upper teens to the low twenties, but also some wind to go along with that, and that's making it feel like it's currently in the low to mid teens mm-hmm. across the area. Still some patchy areas of light snow, mainly across southern Nebraska and northern Kansas. Some of that light snow from south of York to around the Franklin and Red Cloud area and also some light snow ran along I seventy from Goodland to uh, the Joaquin area, but that is lifting off towards the north and northeast. Some patches of clearing skies, but overall, we're pretty socked in with the cloud cover uh, wall-to-wall in Nebraska and also over northern Kansas. We still have a winter weather advisory continuing until 7 this evening. And this is for a one the one tier of counties right along the Nebraska-Kansas border into all of Kansas. A winter weather advisory remains in effect for this afternoon into the early evening for maybe another one to two inches of snow. Low pressure tracking across the southern plains will keep today mostly cloudy with some light snow and flurries. Near record cold daytime highs likely today. And these temperatures today 40 degrees below normal. With some clearing skies, light winds, and snow cover tonight, our temperatures expected to tank to record cold low levels in the single digits above and below zero. Temperatures finally get above freezing for tomorrow with some westerly downslope winds from a warm front that tracks across the northern plains. Wednesday, a dry day before we see a slight chance of some rain. Or snow by Wednesday night, with weak low pressure tracking across the southern plains. Our temperatures by Friday into the weekend warming up to seasonal to levels, with some dry weather as a ridge of high pressure moves over the plains. And don't be surprised if those temperatures by the weekend, the forecasted highs get bumped up just a little bit higher by later in the week. And one big reason why is in our latest long-term forecast, we are expecting overall temperatures. Uh, to be warmer than normal for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the U.S. this weekend through the first eight days of next month. And some more good news to finish out harvest. It's very likely precipitation will be below normal this weekend. and through the 8th of November for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the U.S. some pretty high odds on that. Key weather factors in the market include beneficial rain and snow for winter wheat regions and the continuation of rain for central Brazil. An expansive cold outbreak will persist nearly nationwide in the U.S. for at least a few more days. A slow-moving storm will cross the southwest and south central U.S., generating some significant early season snow across the southern plains as well as 2 to 5 inches of rain in the southeast plains for the northern plains and Midwest the cold with periods of rain and snow this week will slow down the harvest the pattern though turning warmer and drier six to ten days from now which will be more favorable for harvest in the southern plains snow and mixed precipitation this early week will benefit the winter wheat with some snow offering some cover to lessen the impact of the cold Russian wheat areas expect promising rounds of moderate to heavy rain in the next seven days. That moisture the best for Russian wheat areas in the past three months and will help wheat ahead of dormancy. Central Brazil crop areas had favorable rainfall this past week for needed soybean planting moisture. More rain expected this week. Soybean planting in central Brazil
0: was late, but will make rapid progress. You talked about above normal temperatures, uh, possibly this upcoming weekend. We had a lot of snow this past weekend. That's just the epitome of weather here in the Midwest.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, up and down it goes, especially you get, I always think, uh, spring and fall. There are more seasons. People like to say it's kind of happy medium, but a lot of mm-hmm. times it's seasons of extremes. So you get hot and cold, and it's kind of that transition either to winter or transition to summer. And, and we'll feel that maybe do this
0: do week things. later as well. <laughs> exactly. So, very good. Uh, where can you find more weather information? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you very much.
5: A pair of UNL researchers have developed a new framework to help agricultural researchers prioritize what kind of projects to focus on. I'm Alex Wachowski reporting on the Rural Radio Network. IANR Vice President and Vice Chancellor explains more about this new framework.
6: Patricio Grassini and Ken Kastman are two of my colleagues in the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources that are doing some really important work. Patricio uh, Grassini is an associate professor of agronomy, and he works really closely with something called the Global Yield Gap and Water Productivity Atlas, uh, which is an online tool for estimating yield potential on land that is already being farmed around the world. What this ultimately allows is uh, for farmers and ranchers to identify areas around the world that have high potential for increasing their productivity in a sustainable way on that existing farmland. Uh, Ken Kastman is an emeritus, uh, Robert P. Doherty professor of agronomy, and he and Patricio have worked together for well over a decade. You know, the crux of what they suggest is that wherever possible, future ag research focusing on increasing yields, and profitability of major crops on existing farmland will go a long way to not only feeding a growing world, but also can avoid converting wetlands, converting rainforests, converting grasslands into farmland. Uh, So bottom line is that we're getting more from the ground that we're already harvesting, uh, and reducing, therefore, our need to go into some of these other natural ecosystems and pull them into production.
5: And Mike continued explaining how IANR selects research projects and the importance of being strategic in doing so.
6: Yeah, so three things we think about every day, right? Um, We think about where the world's population is now, about 7.7 billion people. And we are on our way, according to the demographers, to get us to, by the year 2050, Projections are north of 10 billion people, and candidly, lessons learned from Nebraska farmers, Nebraska ranchers, uh, in partnership with scientists and researchers at INR have made a real positive difference. The second piece of this is really the sustainable piece, the, the stewardship of the land, the stewardship of the water, and uh, you can be in a better living laboratory than Nebraska um, to actually see what we're doing, work with our farmers, our ranchers, our NRD partners to really think about what that looks like.
5: And finally, he explains how this impacts the Institute as well as the state of Nebraska.
6: Nebraska, when you think about the diversity of growing conditions, we mimic about a third of the global production area. So when you think about it, There is really no place like Nebraska for companies to come to work with amazing faculty and wickedly innovative producers to deploy new variety, to try new um, approaches to stewarding the land or to raise livestock that then can be in some ways de-risked to help local producers in other parts of the world grow more
5: with one. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their Checkoff. you're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
0: It's time for KRVN Sports.
2: Here's Jason. Thanks, Tyler. Well, there certainly was some good and some bad in the Huskers' season opening loss at Ohio State on Saturday. Quarterback Adrian Martinez breaks down what he thought of the performance. The first half, I thought we did a a pretty good job. Um, We came out uh, aggressive, and I think we continued to do that in the second half, but made mistakes that we can't make against a really good team in Ohio State. Um, I'm proud of our guys for continuing to fight. And I believe we didn't give up. We continue to fight there, uh, no matter who was in the game. We just gotta gotta limit some of the mistakes, the small errors, and and work on on what we did today. And you are scheduled to play this Saturday at home against Wisconsin at 2:30. Now, speaking of the Badgers, the school says nobody who played in their season opener on Friday night has tested positive for COVID or reported having any symptoms. Midweekend reports a quarterback Graham Mertz has tested positive. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Wisconsin State Journal reported that Mertz would be taking a second test to determine if his first test was a false positive. Now, a second positive test would require Mertz to miss at least three weeks according to Big Ten Protocols. Indiana has jumped into the Associated Press College football poll at number 17 after pulling off this weekend's most dramatic upset. And Ohio State moved up to third following their dominant win over Nebraska. Clemson remained a rock-solid number one, while Alabama is number two. Notre Dame is ranked fourth, while Georgia is ranked fifth. Well, the Chiefs didn't need quarterback Patrick Mahomes' usual heroics to beat the Broncos for a tenth consecutive time yesterday. Mahomes threw for just 200 yards and a score in the Chiefs' 43-16 win on a snowy, freezy day in Denver. But the Chiefs were never really threatened as they picked up touchdowns on special teams, defense, and on the ground. As they controlled that one early, jumping out to a 24-9 halftime lead. NFL action tonight in Chicago at the Rams. Also, Subdistrict volleyball begins across the state tonight. Those tournaments will continue through Wednesday, and the district finals are set for Saturday. That's sports. For more, you can find it anytime at krvn.com.
7: A semi-hauling grape juice caught fire before 10.30 a.m. Saturday about four miles east of Lexington along the eastbound lanes of Interstate 80. A passerby reported smoke from the fire, which appeared to originate in the back of the trailer, may have involved the semi's brakes. The Nebraska State Patrol reports no one was injured in the fire. There was no immediate information on what caused the fire. Also, in other news, for fires in Lexington, a pickup caught fire and burned on early Sunday, about three and a half miles east of Lexington, along the eastbound lanes of Interstate 80, the Dawson County Sheriff's Office received a report of a pickup on fire around 3.15 a.m. The pickup burned in the south ditch. There was no immediate information available on what caused the fire. A passerby on Sunday afternoon said the pickup was severely fire-damaged. Officials in southeast Nebraska say a nine-year-old boy was shot and killed while hunting with his father. KETV reports that the incident happened early Sunday morning at Branched Oak Lake, northwest of Lincoln, where the boy was pheasant hunting with his father. Lancaster County deputies say nine-year-old Gunner Holt of Seward was killed. The boy's father told investigators that his son shot at a bird then reloaded. The father said he heard another shot and found the boy on the ground. Officials say an off-duty Lincoln police officer who was hunting nearby performed CPR on the boy. The boy was taken to a Lincoln hospital where he died. As the number of cases of COVID-19 increase, it's inevitable that some health care workers are infected. And when they are, people they work closely with are also asked to quarantine, creating a shortage that threatens services. Kaiser Health News reports a staff shortage closed a specialty clinic in Helena for two weeks last month. And Kalispell Regional Medical Center is no longer requiring staff who are close contacts to quarantine as long as they aren't symptomatic. And North Dakota hospitals may end up curtailing elective surgeries if the case growth continues. Nearly 120 riders and horses participated in the 22nd annual 4-H Foundation Benefit Trail Ride in Halsey, Nebraska on October 2nd through the 4th, 2020. 4-H Foundation members and UNL Extension educators put together the trail ride each year on Halsey's 90,000 acres, the largest hand-planted forest in the Western Hemisphere. During the event on October 3rd, riders and 4-H staff were fed steaks donated by Tyson Foods of Lexington. Also, a silent auction made up of donated items from riders brought in $1,900 to go towards camp maintenance and youth scholarships to camp. The 4-H Foundation tentatively looks to have the 23rd annual trail ride on October 2nd and 3rd, 2021. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Ellen Simmons.
2: With the return of Nebraska football, that means Husker Chat with Sean Callahan, the publisher of HuskerOnline.com, is back. Join us each Thursday as we break down the Huskers' season with one of the true experts on Nebraska football. And it's all brought to you by Newcomb Diesel of Carney. You can catch the show at 540 on Thursday afternoons on 880 KRVN or watch the show each week on the KRVN YouTube channel. That's Husker Chat brought to you by Newcomb Diesel of Carney, each Thursday at 540 from KRVN Sports.
1: Over the weekend, the fiber mill hosted its grand opening. It's the first of its kind in Nebraska for a custom fiber mill and the only one on the eastern half of the state. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. A variety of dignitaries were there for the ribbon cutting, including Congressman Jeff Fortenberry, who plans to share what he learned on Saturday with those in Washington,
8: D.C. Kelsey has done a great job here in Stromsburg with the Fiber Mill. She has a a wool shop with some um, beautiful things that have been knitted through wool, like this hat and these sweaters, but basically a yarn shop. But she transitioned the business to actually become a wool processor. And this is absolutely amazing. She's the only one in the state that is doing this. Going back, using some of the machinery is 100 years old. Uh, recycling old machinery, returning to a previous time where this was done in more local areas. And I think it's another one of those examples of a young couple being entrepreneurial, making a decision to stay in a wonderful small community of Nebraska, bringing about a new form of entrepreneurial imaginative business that's going to recreate a local economy around here and add value to agricultural products. It's exactly what we want to see.
1: And Congressman Fortenberry talks about how this is exactly... What the Ag Secretary looks for when he talks agriculture...
8: Because at the table there, we had the full spectrum of agricultural producers in Nebraska, traditional production ag and livestock production, but also people who had larger grain farms that were adding value, creating products that added value, such as even whiskeys. Uh, And then urban farmers as well. And then others marketing direct to consumer uh, with vegetables and other specialty crops uh... the secretary whispered to me he said this is the type of stuff my staff has a hard time pulling me away from i, I told kelsey here i said i wish you'd have been at that table as well Again, another imaginative way we can add value to nebraska agriculture and in, in many ways returning to a previous norm in production that, again, helps local economies. So it's all very exciting.
1: I asked Congressman Fortenberry what was being done in Washington, D.C. for further assistance for those because the issues we've seen with COVID.
8: Right. Um, you know, we're, we're fighting through the pandemic. It's just been really tough. A tremendous amount of dislocation and suffering. Um, and we're not out of the woods yet. Now, it's important to note that Congress came together, myself, Republicans, Democrats, the White House, to put together a massive airlift for our health care system as well as our economy, doing three things, protecting healthcare care infrastructure, helping individuals and families, and third, helping small business. A big portion of that was the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, recognizing how important that could be to Nebraska. We went to work aggressively with small business associations in our excellent community banking infrastructure, getting the word out, and then sometimes going bank by bank, business by business to help overcome hurdles. Nebraska leads the nation in the number of these loans uh, per capita. It's no accident as well that we have one of the lower unemployment rates in the 4% range in the country. Um, Now, again, we're not out of the woods yet, but that shows you how we can come together as a team here in our community think constructively and creatively leverage appropriate federal resources to stabilize the economy and keep people working the next thing that we have to do is a possible extension of that PPP program uh, and again we saved about 300,000 jobs in Nebraska through it I've, the last week been able to be here back in Nebraska and go business by business to review the, the impact for them it's just been tremendous again a life sin but if we can extend that in Washington using money that's already there, possible additional help to individuals and families, plus assure that we are as aggressively as possible bringing about therapeutics for the cure, treatment of the disease, vaccine maybe around the corner. I'm a personal advocate as well for what we call on-site rapid testing so that if a school child has a symptom of some kind, they can get it tested immediately. A business can test its own people immediately. Low-cost rapid testing which has a pretty significant probability of the right prediction, then we can create normalcy. Am I sick? I don't know. Or I was around people who I th- think may be sick. We better test. And it takes away the days upon days of sometimes test results coming back or the necessity to isolate and quarantine when there's some uncertainty. Uh, this has been a huge drain on us all. So, again, rapid implementation of, of on-site testing. would be a good development for us to continue to roll out as a part of the next package.
1: Those comments coming from Congressman Jeff Fortenberry. Also in attendance for the grand opening of the fiber mill was Ken Everingham. Ken is the mayor for the community of Stromsburg, and he talked about how the fiber mill is going to be a boost not only to agriculture, but to the community
8: of Stromsburg. Now, we're really glad to see Kelsey and Philip open this up. That it is something else that's going to draw people into the community. It is an added service to agriculture, which Stromsburg is agriculture. And it's just nice to see young people in the community investing in the community. And it helps promote our community not only in the county, but in the whole state and even well beyond that. So it's, I'm uh, glad to see the wool mill up and going she i know she's talked about it for a long time and uh, it's just great to see it finally come to to being
1: you can find out more information about the fiber mill through their facebook page i'm susan littlefield on the Rural radio network
3: with the business report i'm bob rogan stocks are falling and trading on wall street deepening last week's losses The losses follow up on last week's five-tenths percent drop, which was the first for the index in four weeks. Stocks of companies that need the virus to abate and the economy to return to normal had some of the sharpest losses. Stocks also weakened across much of Europe and Asia. In another sign of caution, Treasury yields were pulling back after touching their highest level since June last week. Worries over the resurgence of the coronavirus pandemic around the world are weighing heavily on global stock markets with just eight days to go until the U.S. election. Much of the focus today in the U.S. will center on Congress and whether another massive economic relief package will be passed before the November 3rd election. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says that she's not giving up on passing another coronavirus relief package in time. She said she sent a list of concerns to the Trump administration on Friday and was told she would get answers today. Sales of new homes fell by 3.5% in September to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 959,000 units. The Commerce Department said today that despite the modest decrease, sales of new homes are up 32.1% from a year ago as the housing market remains strong despite the pandemic. The average U.S. price of regular-grade gasoline fell 3 cents over the past two weeks to $2.22 per gallon. Industry analyst Troby Lundberg of the Lundberg Survey says prices have declined since early September and are expected to continue falling with many people underemployed and worried about the coronavirus. In Nebraska, AAA says the average price of a gallon of regular is $2.09. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan.
4: It's time to give the Blazing New Trails 2020 Chevrolet Blazer to one lucky winner. Thursday, October 29th is the day we deliver it. Follow along on air and Facebook and Twitter as we travel across the KRBN River and Cami listening area offering clues and chances to win some summer swag. Thanks to these Blazing New Trails sponsors. Lexington Regional Health Center, Cornerstone Bank, Member FDIC, with 43 locations serving Nebraska, Nutrien Ag Solutions, and Heartland Chevrolet and Buick Lexington. Women
9: in Agriculture is back for another year and will be held November and December across Nebraska with in-person sites available in Sydney, Auburn, Scottsbluff, Lincoln, and Lexington. Jessica Groskoff, Nebraska Extension Ag Economist and Director of Nebraska Women in Agriculture, says the event is a hybrid this year with in-person and virtual components. We're actually
10: getting a great response because we're, we're able to be um, with women in agriculture who maybe you know, are in a really remote location or don't have time to travel to town um, to attend one of these events. So it's a really awesome opportunity to kind of have the best of both worlds, be able to be in person, but then also get that content online. What's great about this class as well is so the the actual class session, the in-person session, an hour and a half, but you'll get an additional hour and a half of content every week related to those five areas of agriculture risk management.
9: Grosskoff explains how the virtual sessions will make it easier for women to pick what they would
10: like to attend. For two of our sessions, one of the unique things because we're doing this virtual option is that you actually get to pick uh, what session you attend. So on our production and our marketing sessions, you will be able to pick either crops, livestock, or vegetable and fruit production in order to get a more customized experience. Uh, on the financial risk piece, we have Austin Derfeld and Glenis McClure, who are going to be discussing farm financials. And on the legal piece, we have Alan Van Alec and a lawyer, Tom Berger, uh from Columbus, discussing kind of the top hits of legal questions that we get. So it's a really diverse set of classes, and you also have the ability to customize it more than if you were in a regular Annie's project where we would only have one option for a speaker per session.
9: Grosskoff says the first meeting will be held in person at locations across Nebraska on November 5th and feature communication with an assessment called Real Colors.
10: So Real Colors fits into our human resources risk category, and what we're talking about is communication. And a lot of us have taken um, a, a similar assessment that tells us kind of about our communication style. But what we really want to do is discuss it in the context of our farms and ranges. So whether we're dealing with family members or employees, um, what is our style and what is their style and how can we be better communicators as we work in a farming and ranching operation? We know that there's high stress. We know that, um, you know, they're really close proximity most of the time and we're working with these people all the time. So that first session really focuses on that uh, ability to communicate.
9: Agriculture as a career can be a challenge for anyone, but especially at times for women.
10: There are several challenges that women face related to being involved in agriculture and a couple of those are isolation and sometimes they even um, have some biases um, as they interact with other folks. So the Nebraska Women in Agriculture Program focuses on building networks which allows them to mitigate those isolation as well as build their knowledge to challenge those biases that they face.
9: Annie's project classes begin Thursday evening on November 5th and end December 17th, with both dates at on-site locations. The remaining courses will be hosted via Zoom, November 12th, November 19th, December 3rd and December 10th. The course requires participants to have an internet connection and is $75 per person with scholarships available. Course size is limited at on-site locations across Nebraska, and registration deadline is November 1st. To learn more and to register, visit wia.unl.edu and click on the Annie's Project tab. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman.
4: Patent on the Rural Radio Network. Let's check in with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in grain. John, as I see the grain settlements come across my screen now, soybeans making a remarkable recovery here in the afternoon. What finally pushed them over the edge to find more buyers?
11: Well, probably the lack of sellers is more of a, a problem than anything at this point. And it, the bean market's going to squeeze, I think, from the front of the curve here. You look at the front month, uh, uh november was up at one point today what seven eight cents closed up three but it could have been a lot worse uh for the bears and then you get out into the new crop where you look at march march was unchanged and july was actually down a little bit so i think that'll be the theme in the next couple of weeks we have delivery on on the horizon here delivery has in these big supply markets when you know demand isn't as as good you tend to see the market sell off into it but this time we're rallying hard into it so i would imagine First notice day is going to push out some more speculators, and then maybe the market even has a a bigger chance to rally after first notice day. Watch that November, uh, barring any uh, election fireworks, but watch out what that November does uh, into uh, the end of the month.
4: Given the talking about the coming upcoming election, Wall Street does not like an uncertainty. Today we see the equity starting to back off more into a risk-off type mode going into that. Is there anything that can give us more certainty to try and free up some of that money to maybe push the commodity inflation story, or do we need to just get past the election?
11: Well, I mean, the election is going to be a huge problem for for everybody, because you can't really predict beyond that that point, And not just the election for, for uh you know, for the U.S. Congress, I mean, for the U.S. president, you have the Congress and and Senate seats that are they're going to change flow as well. Uh, in the near term, I don't know if much is going to change. You know, demand is there. I don't think it's it's really incentivized by anything. China, you can make the case that the Phase One deal has pushed China into purchasing this corn, but I think the weather and just the, the overall kind of fallout from their their herd that their hog herd that had died and now is coming back to life. Um, those are the things that are keeping prices higher. As far as uncertainty goes around the election I mean it's you have that and you have covid and I think the covid thing is probably more of a worry for me at this point uh specifically on the livestock side because you have you know big supply that's available and then if if they stop producing what happens to the the existing supply and then what happens to the cash prices so there's a lot of dynamics here but and the election will certainly dictate a few things maybe the course of action for covid here in the next couple of months um I don't know but I would imagine taking some risk off the table, whether it be buying puts, which I think is a no brainer play, corn, especially for like March corn futures, um, is to be to look at the uh, end of the year.
4: And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Ag Marketing. Do you remember, trading future
0: options involve risk of loss. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up this Monday edition of Midday. If you missed anything, you can go back and listen to our. Midday Podcast, sponsored by Divini Motors. That'll be available on krvn.com and iTunes.